three, four, get my shoes and out the door. Five, I'm alive. Six, seven, eight, feeling great. Nine, gonna shine, life is good. I'm doing fine, ten, gonna do it right and do it again, yeah. I look into the sky with all the beautiful color, but there's more than just for me, so gonna share it with another. I got two show to give, let out. Hello and welcome to part two of Lingerie Lowdown podcast with Bella from Barista. If you've just come across us today, you can check out part one. But what we are doing here at Lingerie Lowdown is we investigate all different types of underwear and we give very honest reviews so you can make an informed decision. And we have been joined with Bella from Barista, who is funding an app which is a new radical way to look at bra fittings. So let's start part two. So do you think that you'll be kind of trying to use global brands or are you going to stick with the UK based on the fact that we know, I know that your app is going to look at the different sizing, but we know that other countries and their sizing can be completely all out. So do you, do you stay local for now? For now, yes. Of course, when we first launched, I think uh, the UK is our primary market. I mean, that's where we can be the most active. But we have recognized that there are, well, there is demand outside of the UK Um Beyond the UK, you know, the most immediate will be Europe, and then there have been some conversations um, in the Middle East, um, and then some in Asia, in Southeast Asia, and then some in America. So, our kind of, I guess, ambition would be a global one, and and let's see how where it's going to take us. But in terms of the problem solution fit, I think wherever you go in the world, um, the problems of women not knowing what bra size to buy will always be there no matter what. Um, and when it comes to, you were saying about, you know, do we convert sizes, international sizes? So let's say you shop at Ripi Pella, let's say like that. So Ripi Pella obviously have their own kind of um, a mix, a real mix of, of sizes. Um, yes, the short answer is yes, we do We do um, take that into consideration because if anything, that's the easiest thing to do, right? I mean, that's just literally size conversion and it just has to do with, with visualization and and UI UX design, it doesn't. It's there's no deep science behind it in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this could seem like quite a radical approach for people. And whilst I think, especially in the current climate, people are really embracing working from home, using apps, using technology. I think sometimes people might, or they sometimes have a worry that they lose that like human interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, Although also I know that sometimes that profit and experience, although it's very human, it cannot always be that comfortable. So there's, I mean, pros and cons. But one thing about using tech is sometimes people do get worried. They they lose that kind of human aspect and that conversation and that process of shopping and talking to somebody in connection. Um, what kind of things do you do to kind of bring that humanity back in? I've had a look. I can see that you've got maybe a Facebook group. Is that I'm not in it. So mm-hmm. is that kind of more about that side of being able to chit chat about things? Yeah, definitely. So um, right now we as we are still focusing strongly on the R and D bit. So um, we're not doing much on in terms Sorry, of R and D. That's is that because re- I wouldn't know what that was. Is that research oh, and development stage? There you or? go. Yes, yeah. you know it. Yes, there you go. It's <laughs> a good guess. Uh, so and then so we haven't really spent that much sort of time and effort in growing the community but definitely one of the things for us to do going back to that strong direct-to-consumer kind of arm is we want to talk to women we want to be able to have that kind of conversation that you would have with your favorite bra shopper or bra bra fitter in real life um we 
one thing we want to make it very clear is we don't we are not trying to replace human bra fitters that's not what we're trying to do with anything we're just enhancing their jobs um and we're catering for women who or, or, or bra wearers in general who want to shop from home who doesn't have who don't have the time to go to the shops who don't have the energy or or the or, or don't even have the bra shop nearby or the right bra fitters that they can trust nearby that they can go um one thing you i'm sure you agree with me is if anything bra fitters is actually um short in supply right now are short in supply right now if you want to go to your nearest kind of local mns for instance you have to book in advance now or else you have to turn up wait for them for a little bit um if i mean by a little bit i mean in half an hour to an hour if not more to get fitted so if again going back to to this whole thing of you know um are we losing the human touch in the design process we will try to be as humanly as possible what i mean by that is you know leveraging what i have experienced as a as a bra fitter, I want to kind of integrate different features that make you feel at home, make you feel like somebody is talking to you and explaining to you all the questions that you may have. Um, and the second thing is we have that kind of um, community-based voice that we or, or conversation or engagement that we want to put out there with our users. And third of all, we want to make it very clear that we're not replacing anyone. You know, if, if your preferred way is to go and you know if your preferred way is get fitted online with us mm-hmm. um and then want to go to a shop and have that sort of result these results check out by a professional profiter um in person we more than you should be doing that you, you especially in, in the early days right when you first try out the technology you might not have the trust you might not really know what's going on especially if you've been wearing a 34 let's say b for the for most of your life and now you've told you are 32 for instance i mean that's a big jump mm-hmm. um so but then i i believe that over time we are able to kind of improve or adjust or change whatever word that you want to use um customer habits when it comes to to um at home bra shopping um so yeah so it's a good way to supplement it. So if you still want that experience, you can still go in, you can still meet with somebody, have that conversation in store, um, mm-hmm. but it's a good extra to have. And actually, you're very right when you said about there being a bit of a lack of, of people around to do that. I've definitely noticed that. I mean, I live quite close to a big city, mm-hmm. um, but the amount of places where I could A, go to get fitted and B, go and get fitted where I know it's quite good is actually quite small. Exactly, exactly. So that's great that you talked about a little bit about that we know that online there'll be an opportunity to have a discussion and you still want to have that human side. I think also I really like the Instagram page that you've got as well, because again, that makes that feel much more like you're part of it and you're kind of seeing the journey. Tell us a little bit more about how you're doing your social media like that. Oh, thank you. That's really nice of you to say that. Um, So I think it's, it just, again, it started out with me asking the question of, if if I were if 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 let's say you know a fourteen years old me what would I what would I want to know about bras or bra fitting specifically that would make me a better and smarter consumer when it comes to bra shopping um, so I just kind of follow those ideas you know kind of break down the very fundamentals of of 
what is it why there are so many hooks at the back of a bra for instance mm. and then once the team grew a little bit we want to kind of integrate that human side of us in even more um the thing about barista that i really want to communicate with people is that we are a team of people who are driven well literally by just passion on this project i mean we haven't really raised um a significant amount of money just yet to be able to pay us ourselves um um so everything that we're doing is kind of you know believing this future that there will be a light by the end of the tunnel that sort of approach um so it's very important for us to kind of make our followers feel that we are very grassroots very authentic very um we were real behind it. Whatever that we're going through, we want to make sure that the people, our followers know most of it um, to be able to help us to kind of grow together. Um, and then, yeah, so I, I guess I hope that answered the question. I mean, there's not much else. There's really no strategy behind our social media apart from the fact that I just wanted to to get out there, tell women and share wo- with women what I see on a daily basis, right? Mm-hmm. The, the things that I hear from from all the customers, you know, their their horrible fitting stories, or their feelings when they when they first been fitted for, with the correct bra size, or um, just what they want to see in 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 the space and what we as a company want to see in the space. Um, so yeah, that's that's it. I, I think. Yeah. I've noticed it's quite holistic, isn't it, your company as well? And mm-hmm. that's the same with with the Instagram. Like I noticed that there were stories about the history of the bra and all of that kind of information. It was really interesting to read, actually, because it's something that I wear every day and I've not just don't really think about. So actually I really like that post. I really enjoyed reading that and, and sort of being like, oh yeah, I've just totally didn't even know that it was like a story of a woman who did it to kind of that problem. Like it was really interesting and um, really liked as well the stuff, like you said, about making it a part of the journey when you're on the page and learning about your crowdfunder and, and what you're doing and how you can mm-hmm. be part of that. Um, I noticed as well that you've been putting about how you've been getting through kind of the staying at home lockdown situation as well. So, yeah, it does feel like you are involved. Um, is the next step then for some people, can they volunteer to be part of this to help you grow? Or like, what are you, what are you looking for from people at the moment? Yes. So there are two things that people can, well, I guess three things that people can do um, with us. And, and I guess for us, it's number one is just definitely data collection volunteer. It's, it's very important for us to get as many women in as possible. Right now, the target that we have, uh, or originally the target that we had was 50, sorry, 500 women. Um, but obviously with the pandemic, everything kind of had to stop, unfortunately. But when we are back, we want to get women to sign up to our profiting sessions or data collection sessions um if anyone happened to work at a company where they know that there might be more than 10 to 15 women who might be interested in something like this we are more than happy to come over to you and and have like a a private i guess profiting um a party i suppose that one would one could join at their workspace which is really something that is needs to be done more i mean everyone wears most of women okay I, especially in a professional environment where mm-hmm. wear a bra every day yeah. um so it's very important for them to feel comfortable and feel not like they're not bothered or distracted by a wire sticking in in, in their chest right um mm-hmm. so yeah so that's number one this data collection you know you can either volunteer to come one-on-one or you can host us at your own space the second thing is we are crowdfunding. Whoever is interested, um, 
would love to have you on the journey. And then the third thing is we are looking for investment. So we at a stage of maturity now where we can actually um, seek investment from an angel investor in, in investment. Um, so if anyone who works in the investment space or know investors who are interested in the femtech space, um, please let us know. That will be the three kind of um, assets that I have. Fantastic. Thank you for saying about that. Um, yeah, anyone who's listening can kind of resonate with one of those, I'm sure. I mean, it's just the idea of thinking, We, like you said, everyone has got a bra. Like, even if you don't wear them that frequently, I mean, I mean, today, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm at home, so I'm not having to worry about it. But the thing is, is that even though sometimes I might not even worry too much about that, certainly mm-hmm. if I'm doing a sport, then I know that, you know, I'm, I'm doing things. I don't know what you're doing during this time, but I'm p- picking up yoga. I'm trying to do the whole running thing. Um, yeah. Then I do need to have a bra so even if I consider myself as someone who doesn't have too many bra issues actually it still impacts on my life so Mm -hmm. it's a good way to think well okay this is a this is a company they're trying to go forward they're trying to like eliminate some of these difficulties people have they're trying to help people who maybe have a little bit less confidence in bra shopping as well like it's a great way to be involved to sort of volunteer so do people sign up you said that you can come to places it's pretty much in London isn't it so you can can sign up from home as well through Mm -hmm. your website to be doing that kind of volunteering part so you're data which are just to express as well it's um it's all really confidential there's nothing being shown um mm-hmm. so your your information like that can be going forward to really help out other women exactly yes exactly 100 percent and as I said the idea of the party sounds it sounds really lovely it sounds really fun <laughs> why not right I mean while we add it might, might as well have fun so <laughs> And as well, like you said about the funding, so that's also something that I, I noticed as well. You're highlighting about how women in funding and women p- pushing ahead with projects. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a really important space to to talk about as well. How have you kind of found that journey for you? Um, so the journey so far has been um, an interesting one. And and at first, I was first of all, I just want to, I guess, have. Um, when I put it out there that I, when I came in, when I first came into this, the whole funding thing, I came into with the mindset that there is no such thing anymore as discrimination. You know, you don't look at, investors make decisions based on what they see. And if I happen to not get the money, it's me. It's not them. It's, it's just me underperforming um but then over time you know having different conversations talking to all the founders who are also in the space of femtech or bra tech or this sort of or breast tech um you start to realize that if you are a woman pitching about breasts and about bras even to another woman or to another man um sort of to, even to another female investor or, or um you get asked very what i would call sometimes unfair questions um, of, you know, things like, does a problem actually exist? Or, um, oh, people who are interested in barista just, you know, might just be bigger breasted women, which is partly true. Mm -hmm. Um, But these women tend to be older women, which is not true in in any stretch of imagination. I think women who are interested in barista are women who feel uncomfortable with their bras, whatever their sizes are. And that has been proven by our data. I mean, after our data collection um, data. So um, I guess the hardest bit with fundraising in this space with barista 
has been about making it relevant for whoever is listening and meeting investors who are open-minded enough to not just have a head full of assumptions about your business and whether or not they it would do well or not well based on the consumer behavior assumptions that they mm-hmm. never really either never experienced themselves or for whatever reason form from the very personal experiences yeah also as well like you said about what the habits of consumers are because if we think about other female issues um things like menstrual cups um Mm. usable pads like all of those kind of things I can imagine the same kind of conversations that a people might shy away from having those discussions b you might be sort of questioned as to the relevance of it and c as well that shopping habits would not be reflective of what they could be when that company's developed because people aren't necessarily open because they don't know of the different ways to shop so I think that what you're doing as well with your company is very similar in that it's like having those discussions that really do impact on on people but perhaps people aren't vocalizing that very much because of the society that we're in as well exactly and and I, I think you know the reality of doing business is that with money you can do so much so if if the problem is that say women are not being as uh, sort of um women are not buying enough bras for instance in a year mm-hmm. And the problem, the, the root cause problem of it is because women not knowing what size to buy. That's why even though they want to buy a bra, they don't want to buy it. It's, you know, spend time and money on, on buying things that they have to return eventually and make them feel very bad about themselves. Um, so let's say if Barista exists, we can open up such, we can open up this sort of segment in a very kind of um, highly impactful way commercially speaking so but if investors or people are not willing to put the money in it um then you know um how can you how can you be so sure that this this won't work um another thing kind of another kind of negative experience that we have had with fundraising is we have had um different competitions we've entered different competitions or or whatever that might be to where we have to apply uh, sorry submit like a written application um and sometimes we get back we get the feedback back um and you know question by question kind of marking a ranking um and it's just it's just frustrating to see how some of these comments were made about the visibility of the, the 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 business as a whole what I mean by that so there was one instance where we apply for money to do um, some feasibility research so the the whole idea is that you are early you have an idea that has very strong uh, potential commercially speaking and you want to spend some money to do the R&D to the research mm-hmm. and the feedback that we got back was you have very strong commercial traction, but this is too early for you to apply for such a such a competition because we would love to see more of a proof of concept. Mm. So we were applying for money to get to the proof of concept. And now we're being told that actually you're too early to apply because we want to make sure we want to see a proof of concept to apply mm. for a, 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 a competition money to do another proof of concept, it doesn't make any sense. And when we got back to 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 them, you know, asking, you know, on what ground do you 
do you say this is a valid common? Um, they, yeah, they, they weren't being so understanding. So just things like that is, is quite frustrating. And then again, I, I came into it thinking that it was, it must have been me. It must have been the team underperforming and things like that. But then, you know, just the moment I started talking to all the founders in the space, I realized that it's really not that. It is, I don't know what it is. It's a discrimination. I, I don't want to use that word, but I have been made to feel um, unfair, unfairly treated. That's the right word um, to use. Mm, I think uh, that's a really good like description of those barriers. I mean, when you said the proof of concept thing, it just this whole thing has made me think about have I experienced anything similar um, with like artificial intelligence? But then when I have been shopping on my like major retailers, mm-hmm. um, the kind of young marketed like funky ones in adverts um, on TV shows, those ones they do have. A similar concept um I've noticed that I do use it and I do find it beneficial the ones where they say like usually you'd be a size 10 usually be a 12 and um, so it does sort of exist it's not very um uh sophisticated but it not as as much as at all as what you'll be doing but it does exist so there is proof of the concept um so it's it's like you said it's that kind of frustration of just trying to make sure that you're being heard and that you're showing that well hang up actually when you do look at it in other websites or maybe slightly different variations of the product you know these things do exist and they they are used and they they do have a place Exactly. And and one thing they forget is is bras are very different from clothing in general. So if it works in clothing, if anything, it will be even more impact uh, impactful in, in the bra space because there are so many more sizes. There's so many more complicated um, sort of logics behind how you find a correct bra size. So, yeah, no, I am glad that you're saying it. I mean, just a part of a journey. I mean, we, we tend to to be positive thinkers. So we believe this is just um, a part of the journey. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes it gets it get me down specifically because I think there are so many conversations around about, you know, women in funding and how we are underfunded and things like that. And you hear these statistics, but you don't really think that it ever applies to you, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the same, I guess, the coronavirus going on at the, at the moment. You see people getting it, but you never think it happens to you until it happens to you. So um so yeah, um, but but we are we are determined that I'm sure there are investors out there who who see the value in how we're doing it and really want to be a part of it. Um, it's just a matter of time. Um, in fact, actually, before this pandemic, we were talking to two investors and they were very keen. But um, given everything is going on, so we have to postpone that conversations or those conversations for a while. So if you're thinking, well, actually, I've listened to this whole story, I'm thinking, yeah, I want to be part of the help. I don't want to be part of the barriers. I want to be part of this. Um, How do we then look you up? So first off, I think that some of us would be interested in Lonjo Lodem out trying out this app because it does sound really interesting. Um, But if you if you wanted to volunteer, if you want to find out more, how can we do that? What what links do we need to look at? Yeah, so it's very easy. It's Barista. So B-R-A-R-I-S-T-A dot co so co slash co-creators so we call our people that the people that help us in whatever capacity our co-creators so yes so that's how we kind of name the page so barista.co um slash co-creators and you will you will find us you will find um you will see how you can sign up to volunteer um 
Or you can just write to us on our Instagram account at barista.fitting and we will put you in a wait list, a waiting list. And then we let you know when we resume our data collection. Oh, fantastic. Look, thank you so much for chatting. And um, yeah, this does sound like a really interesting way for us to all bra shop with a bit more accuracy, less waste as well. It's always, always oh, important. Yeah. less waste of time, less waste of resources. You know, we're all really focusing on that. We're able to do it from home. It sounds so interesting and best of luck with it growing. Thank you so much, Bella, for your time. Thank you so much, Katie. It was, it, it's been so great talking to you.